Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are. This is the Off the Bench podcast, and I'm glad you're joining me today because we have an awful lot to talk about. We're going to touch on some of the headlines this morning, including the fact that cancel culture is alive and well. A New York rapper just told the truth about transgenderism and just a few days later, right on cue, was forced to apologize it and bow to the cultural elites. I'm going to tackle a few more of the headlines. We're going to spend a bit of time in Psalm 91. And I'm going to answer a listener question. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you for jumping into the news with me this morning. I think this is so interesting as we continue to kind of watch the sort of bizarre decline of the free speech media in the United States. But I was reading about a rapper and I don't know how you say his name. Is it Neo? N-E-Y-O. I've never heard of this guy. Listen, I don't listen to rap. I don't I don't care about it at all. But I think it's really interesting. He comes out. And he makes comments last week, and I saw a couple of videos circulating about his comments on transgenderism, saying that he had an opinion about this. He felt that parents were neglecting their responsibility as parents to lie to their children and tell them that they could change their gender, which we all know was a lie, right? Your, Your DNA is not malleable. And he came out and said, and I quote, parents have almost forgotten what the role of a parent is. It's like, okay, if your little boy comes home to you and says, daddy, I want to be a girl and you just let him rock with that. You just, yeah, he's five, right? He might tell you he wants to be a lifeboat. You're going to tell him, oh yeah, you look like you might be a lifeboat. No, you're going to tell him the truth. You're going to say, son, you're mistaken. And uh, daddy's going to tell you the truth right now. So anyway, this rapper tells the truth about it. He does it in an interview. He blasted parents who let their children believe that they can pick whatever, uh, whatever their gender it is. And then... Just a couple days later, right on cue, they force him to take his words back. And that's exactly what he does. He takes to social media and he apologizes and, and uh, you know, up one side and down the other. He said, I'm I, upon further reflection. In other words, the ESG bullies got to him. And they basically said, if you want to make money in this culture, keep your mouth shut and walk this way. And so that's what he did. And I guess my question for the rapper is how are you sleeping at night? You sleep in a night knowing that you've just given the green light to the gender mutilation of little children because he knows what's right. He tried to say it, but the cancel culture got the better of him. And we are seeing that happen over and over and over again, just literally across the board. And in other news, if you're not watching this, you need to. In a move that I think can only be called poetic justice, the United States women's soccer team just got eliminated from the World Cup. And if you didn't see the kick that did it all, uh, you know, the raging leftist lesbian, Megan, is it Rapone? I can't rap you on. I don't even know her name. I don't follow soccer anymore either. These people are disgusting as far as I'm concerned. This is the woman that wouldn't stand for our flag who absolutely holds this country in with disdain. Right. And so you don't support the country and then you lose the World Cup. And most everybody's like, don't care. Don't care. I just think it's poetic justice that the women's soccer team has been eliminated from the World Cup. In other news, if you guys aren't watching about this, you need to be. These teen takeovers, are you are you watching what's going on? Chicago, New York, they're calling them teen takeovers. What they really are, are violent mobs. These kids who are breaking into stores, they're injuring people, they're stealing, uh, plundering, 
burglarizing and what are the mainstream media calling it? They're calling them teen takeovers. I thought this was really interesting, too. When I was reading about it uh, earlier today, I thought so interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people that are writing about this. But the media, the mainstream media calling these things teen takeovers, right? The super innocuous term for these terrible, woke mobs that are injuring people and stealing. And so they make it sound like, you know, it's a birthday card. Look, look, let's let's look what's happening in New York. Or let's look what's happening in Chicago. Look at the teen takeover. That uh, not that sweet? But I thought this is really interesting. At least one journalist didn't want to whitewash the complete breakdown of public safety in one of America's major cities. So a reporter asked Brandon Johnson what he was going to do about violence in the South, South Loop of Chicago. And Brandon Johnson responded by attacking the reporter's choice of language. Check this out. Also at 4.30, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson opening up on everything from the migrant crisis to teen takeovers. Since he took office in May, he hasn't fielded questions from reporters very often. Among those asking them today, CBS2 political investigator Dana Kozloff. And Dana, Mayor Johnson spent about an hour talking with the press. Yeah, Jim and Marie, and the most recent incident of teenagers and young adults converging and overwhelming on one area of the city was a big topic of conversation. It just happened this past weekend. And in that instance, they caused a lot of damage. The mayor responded this way, though, when someone characterized it as mob action. That's not appropriate. We're not talking about mob actions. I didn't say that. What, what I, okay, what I'm... Hold on a second, okay? Respectfully, these large gatherings... These large gatherings... Just hold on a second, y'all. I promise you, we have time to talk. It's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way. This is not to obfuscate what is actually taking place. This was the scene near Roosevelt and Canal Sunday night. Groups looted a convenience store. More than three dozen teenagers were arrested along with a 12-year-old and at least one 20-year-old. Store owners say it was the second such incident in that area in just the past few weeks. And today, Mayor Johnson commended Chicago police for the way they handled it. To the best of their ability, I believe that they attempted to engage with our young people, with community partners, giving as much warning as they possibly could. And, you know, unfortunately, arrests, you know, were made, and unfortunately, some damage was, was caused. And the level of sensitivity and patience that our officers expressed, I'm appreciative of that. Mayor Johnson says his administration continues to work with community groups, adding they've actually intercepted and prevented some of those large gatherings, meaning if they hadn't, the city would have seen more of them. But he didn't give any specific dates or times and when those were prevented. In the newsroom, Dana Kozlov, CBS2 News. Jim and Marie. Thank you, Dana. So in other words, the new mayor of Chicago is just as bad and just as woke and just as stupid as the former mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, which we knew was going to happen because only a Democrat could ever replace a Democrat in Chicago. And so they're getting the same broken, stupid leadership. And here's this guy, according to Johnson, uh, he doesn't want you calling these 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 teen takeovers riots, which is what they are. He doesn't want you calling them mobs because that'd be telling the truth. No, he wants you calling them large gatherings, you know like a concert or uh, the youth group that hangs out at Chick-fil-A after after services on a Wednesday night. That's what he wants you to think about when you think of these mobs that are attacking cities like New York and Chicago. Shame on these people. It's horrifying. These are the same people that won't let you call gender 
uh, mutilation what it is. Instead, they want you to call it gender affirming care. So it's gender affirming when you castrate your 12 year old child. That's gender affirming. Uh, I like to call things what they actually are. These are mobs. They are violent. These kids should be going to juvenile detention centers all across the United States and teach them a lesson. How about we respect people's property? How about you respect private land? Nope, that's not what's happening. And the leaders in this country, particularly on the left, are making sure that the United States bears very little resemblance to a state that is run by people who can think for themselves because we can't have that. Uh, I'm going to answer a question from a listener today. I'm going to try. There's so many questions in the hopper that I'm going to try to get to one question if I can every single day. But before I jump into the question of the day, I thought it would be appropriate to just start us off with Psalm 91. And I want to read this for you because it just encouraged me. And I thought, ah, maybe you guys could use the same encouragement. Psalm 91 verses one to five. This is especially important when you see cities on fire and people being murdered on buses, and we're watching our children being taken away from their parents in the name of gender ideology. And I sometimes think to myself, for goodness sake, you know, why are we even trying? Well, God says, I'm right here. Listen to what he says in Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, a.k.a. the Rona. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. I thought this was interesting because he's saying whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It is difficult for someone And I know because I've been here, when you're not at peace in your own spirit, when you're struggling with what's happening around you to be at rest. And yet the Bible says, if you dwell in the shelter of the Most High. So what does it look like to dwell in the shelter of the Most High? I think it means that you're walking with him day in and day out. You're you're walking with him. The remedy for fear, particularly in the times that we live in, is a close relationship with the Lord. To dwell in the shelter of the Most High and the rest of the shadow of the Almighty is the opposite of fear. And what's the opposite of fear? Well, the opposite of fear is trust. So we trust the Lord. We trust that no matter what news we hear on any particular day, what comes across our laptops, what we hear coming out of our local municipalities and what we hear about in our federal government, we are called as believers to dwell with the Lord, to live with him. To dwell means to live to live in the shelter of the Most High. How do we do that? We walk with the Lord. So that means we're in the word for ourselves every day. That means we're starting our days off with the Lord. And lately I've been asking the Lord just to help me rest, mostly because I've been uh, kind of worn out, you know, just season after season after season that my husband and I have been going like a house of fire and now the Homeschool Resource Center is kicking off. And I was telling Jay the other day, I said, you know, we need to get some balance back into our lives again. Do you guys feel that way? I, I particularly want balance as we are coming into the fall now and the homeschool season's kicking back into gear again. And we're trying to get curriculum ready and do all the things that we need to do to plan for the winter months that are coming. But I remembered this verse and I went back to it. And the Lord reminded me, when I feel like I'm not resting, it's because I'm not dwelling. It's because I'm not living in the shelter of the Most High. If I want to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, I've got to live in the shelter of the Most High. That means 
that if the news is making me upset, I turn it off. If I can't handle the headlines, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to dwell. I'm not going to live in that place. I want to live in the shadow of the Almighty. I want to say to the Lord, Lord, you're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God in whom I trust. And as I was saying a minute ago, the remedy for fear is a close relationship with the Lord because the opposite of fear is exactly what the psalmist is laying out here. It's trust. He goes on to say, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. I highlighted in my Bible, circled and under underlined how many times the word will is used here. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. He will cover you with his feathers and in his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And then he says, you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. That was four times that God makes a promise to you that the promise is very, very clear. If you dwell, if you live in the shelter of the most high, in other words, if you're saying every day, Lord, I want to listen for your voice. So before I listen to all the other voices that are calling out to me, before I make any decisions about what I'm going to do today, what I'm going to do with my children, uh, what are the priorities that you have for me? I want to spend a little bit of time with you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. By now, you guys know my grave concern for the future of our country that is basically at risk because our public high schools and our universities are pushing communism and socialism as if they were beneficial to the nation. If you want to teach your students how to defend the history of this country, we've got a great opportunity for you. You can learn from a teacher who has founded a college that rivals the Ivy Leagues, an activist who has fought to protect religious freedom, and a lawyer who's argued before the Supreme Court and won. Michael Ferris brings his knowledge and expertise working within the American political and legal systems right into your home in a brand new 30-week course designed for high school students. The lectures are packed with personal stories and thoughtful questions from this seasoned expert, and your students will form a thoughtful stance on the American ideals this country was founded upon and leave with the tools to defend that stance. Pre-enroll by August 15th with the promo code HEIDI to participate in live Q&As with Mike Ferris. Remember, there are co-op and single household options available. This is fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester releases August 3rd and Unit 1 is available for free when you create an account at Lumen.com. That's L-U-M. I-N-N.com. And don't forget, use the coupon code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, by August 15th to save 15%. And when you do that, it's amazing how it grounds you. And it's a matter of consistency. So if we're just every once in a while pulling our Bibles down off the shelf and dusting them off, if just every once in a while we're asking the Lord for his wisdom, then we're not going to be dwelling, we're not going to be living in the peace that God wants us to. We're not going to be living in the shelter of the Most High. We do that 
by walking in right relationship. And that's when the rest comes, that rest that we find in the shadow of the Almighty. Listen, God's big enough. We find rest just in his shadow. God said, I got this. I'm right here. I, the Lord, do not change. My plan is unfolding. You want to find peace? Walk with me. And so we want to find peace when we hear uh, the stupidity that's happening in our government right now. And I honestly, you know, I've been asking the Lord a lot lately to help me and my husband and our family to do what God wants us to do, to use our voices for good and not for evil, to use our voices to promote what God says is right so that we don't become stuck in the frustration of our circumstances that we can't control. Remember Bill Jack and I talking about this a couple of weeks ago, it's jurisdiction. Lord, what is my jurisdiction? What is my responsibility? Well, I know that it's outside of my control what happens with Joe Biden. It's outside of my control whether or not somebody indicts a sitting president. And my heart kind of starts to raise, raise faster because I think, oh my goodness, if we, if we legalize a political witch hunt, which is all this is, then the rule of law in the United States is effectively dead. Well, what does that mean for my grandchildren? And I can start to worry. No, 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 no. The Lord says, come back to me. Dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Live in my presence. Walk in close relationship with me. The opposite of fear is trust. And that's what God wants us to do, to live in that place with him so that we can be at peace. A listener question came in today, and it sort of goes right along with this. And Becky, this is Becky in Northern Indiana. I'm going to read you her letter. She said, Heidi, a year and a half ago, my husband and I made the decision to withdraw our two girls from the public school system and start homeschooling. Good job, Becky in Northern Indiana. Woohoo, way to go. Props to you. My oldest, now 11, has taken an interest in theater and was recently told by the theater director of the public schools that she'd be able to participate even though she was homeschooled. Come to find out, that was not true. As our school district requires students to take at least one core class in public school in order to participate in any extracurricular programs. My daughter's crush and is begging us to be able to go back and take one class in order to do this, but my mama instincts are telling me no. Are we being overprotective? Uh, listen, Becky, trust your mother instinct. God gave it to you. Trust your mother instinct. I, I'm always asking parents, and this is what we talked about kind of with the programs in Alaska and the parent partnership pro partnership programs and all of these programs that, you know, if you, if you just take the government money, then you can give your kids equestrian lessons. If you just take the government money, then your kids can have violin lessons. Then you can travel the world. Then you can blah, 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 blah. But inside, our spirits are troubled. And so we ought to be asking the Lord, okay, my spirit's troubled. Why is my spirit troubled? Why so downcast, oh, my soul? What's going on in my soul that's making me uneasy about this? And you know what, Becky, I'm here to tell you right now. I guarantee you, it's the Lord of Heaven's armies that's saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Walk with me. Dwell in the shelter of the Most High, and you'll rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That rest looks like peace when you make a decision. It sounds to me like you don't have any peace about having your daughter take a core class at the public school. I think it's interesting that the school is not saying, you know, she can just come here and take a pottery class or she could come here for PE. No, they want her there for a core class. Luke 640, when a student is fully trained, they'll be like his teacher. Why is it so important? Because the school district wants the money. And, and I don't understand the law in Indiana, so I would 
absolutely encourage you go to the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, hslda.org, click on the state of Indiana, find out what the requirements are, because it could very well be that what you're hearing from that school official is not correct. And it may not even be by any, it might not even be uh, intentional. They might be misunderstanding the law. So I would find out that first before you go any further at all. But I think it's interesting that these people want your daughter to take a core class so she can take theater. And so this was a large reason why, you know, 25 years ago, my husband and I started planting homeschool cooperatives because we recognized that there were things that my children wanted to do. But here in Washington state at the time, unless they were at least part time in the public school, they couldn't participate. And so rather than put them in the school part time, we created our own program. So we created our own theater program. We created our own uh, extracurricular activities and all the things that my kids thought they were missing out on. I didn't want my kids to feel like they didn't have a childhood and didn't have friends, but I didn't want them associating with that group of people. And maybe, 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 Becky, it's something for you to think about. Maybe the Lord is protecting you from a group of kids in the theater program that would not be good for your daughter. And so that little red flag, that little thing that's keeping you from wanting to move forward with the with putting your child in theater maybe the lord of heaven's armies is trying to say nope that's my daughter don't put her in that program i'm here to tell you right now there's a lot of stuff going on in the schools that parents are absolutely unaware of and i want to tell moms trust your instincts trust that instinct that god has put uniquely into you for your unique situation for your unique child and if and if you have a check in your spirit tell that to your child. She is, how old do you say she was? She's 11. She's 11. So Becky, she's 11. She's a baby. She's a baby. An 11 year old should not be making these decisions. You're right in making the decision for her. And I think I told you guys years ago, one of the biggest parenting mistakes that I ever made was basically made out of insecurity. When I told my daughter, who I think was 12 at the time, who wanted desperately to be go to what she thought was a normal high school, and she said, Mom, I, w- I really want to go to high school. And I said, okay, well, when you turn you know, 13 or 14 and you're a freshman in high school, you can make that decision. Well, it was wrong for me to give her that responsibility because A, it's not her responsibility. I want to know what she thinks, absolutely. It matters to me. But at the end of the day, the Bible says that the responsibility rests with me as her mother. The responsibility belongs to the mom and the dad who listen to their children, but then ultimately we take it back to the Lord. Because why? Because we want to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. We want to live in right relationship with the Lord so that we can make good and wise decisions for our children. And so I had to go back to my daughter and say, Savannah, I'm really sorry, hun. I, I blew it. Please forgive me. I, I put this responsibility on you. I said you could make this decision, but it's my decision to make. And while I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to love you, And I want to hear what you have to say. At the end of the day, I'm going to make a decision that I believe is in your best interest. And I just need you to trust me in the process. And so obviously we chose not to put our daughter in the public school system. And when I sat her down and said, what is it that, why is it that you want to go to high school? What do you guys think she said to me? Do you think she said, well, I want to go to high school because I heard that a great chemistry program? No. Do you think she said, you know, I really would like to learn about civics, you know, United States civics. It's really important to me. No. It was all about friends. She'd heard about a dance and she wanted to participate in that. She wanted to be able to wear a beautiful dress and have a corsage and all the things. And so you know what we did? 
we created that experience in a safe environment for her. And it's still going on today. Hundreds of kids come to this homeschool dance every single year and it's still going on today. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Listen for him. Address the concerns of your children. But I'm telling you what, Becky, I'm with you. If your mama instincts are telling you no, I don't think that's being overprotective at all. I think that's you listening to the Holy Spirit and you are the only one that can hear the Lord with regard to your child in the best way possible. You are her mother. And that is a precious thing. That's an incredible responsibility. It's a precious opportunity that you have. And I promise you, as you guys make these decisions with your children, they will come back and say, thank you. They really, really will. And so hang in there, make the decision that you know is right for your child according to the Lord, and then explain to your daughter why you made the decision that you made, and then ask the Lord to give you the grace that you need to direct her exactly in the way that she should go. Train up a child in the way she should go. And when she is old, the Bible says, she will not depart from it. All right, this is the most important thing you guys are gonna hear all day long. Dwell, dwell, dwell. Live in the shelter of the Most High. When you do that, it protects you from fear because trust is replaced, replacing fear. It helps you make wise decisions. It brings peace into your life and it offers rest. So no matter what's happening in the culture, even though Neo, the rapper, has decided that he can't stand on his own two feet and doesn't have his own opinion anymore because ESG and because of the woke people that I'm sure are running his life right now because he makes so much money for them. Even though the United States women's soccer team is a total embarrassment, which I find actually pretty great, even though violent mobs full of teenagers are being excused in their behavior by woke mayors and ridiculous governors, we can dwell in the shelter of the Most High and find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. God has wisdom for you. He has peace. He has rest. He has joy. He has hope. God offers that for you guys, and I hope you'll take advantage of it tonight. By the way, we just launched my brand new study for the month of August. It's a preview of the book that's coming out on September 5th, MomStrong 365, Everyday Truths for Everyday Moms is available for pre-order right now wherever books are sold. But if you are a member of the Faith That Speaks, formerly MomStrong International community, that we've taken a whole bunch of those devotionals and we have made a study guide out of it. And I'm going to be walking you through that. So just wisdom from the word of God. It's called Footsteps of Faith for a Life that Flourishes. This is the new study and you can sign up by going to momstronginternational.com or going to Faith That Speaks to that website and sign up and you'll have access to that right away. Every single day we have a scripture writing challenge for you and I will be teaching on that right here from the studios at Firmly Planted Family. Hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for leaving reviews. It lets people know that you love the show and it helps other people find it. And I would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.